fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> Hey, we just got done talking about Spider-Man, but this is Sharks Across Hollywood, and we're gonna stop talking about Spider-Man and start talking about something even fucking grosser. We're talking about this movie called Society. It says it was released in 1989 on IMDb, but I heard in a co- in the commentary track that it didn't get an actual release until like 1992. Oh, maybe they did like one of those, you know, like prelim- like the initial release, like a limited release, and then it's another movie that nobody knows how to market. Yeah, like it, maybe maybe it just got shelved until. <laughs> it hit video because this has this has straight to video written all over it. This movie is too fucking much for theaters. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. That it is. I watched it last weekend because you're like, we're we're doing society, and I'm like, okay, cool. I haven't watched it yet. The arrow Blu-ray cover, the not steelbook one, it makes so much more sense now. <laughs> I gotta say, that is one thing that my second viewing really drove home. This movie is much better watched if you don't know anything about it. I think that is the way to watch this movie. <laughs> don't watch a trailer. Don't look at the cover if you can, if you can avoid that cover. Because what you effectively have is you have a parent... Now, for the listener, if you haven't seen this movie, I highly recommend you just do not listen to the rest of this podcast and go watch it. Is it on Tubi or something? It's gotta it, be, It right? is on Tubi, I believe. Yes. Yeah. So... Please just go watch it because this is a spectacle that you you owe yourself. That was your fair warning. If you continue to listen, it's on you. What you effectively have, if you haven't seen the trailer or the cover or you know the, the production stills, what you get is you get this sort of psychodrama about this kid who's paranoid about his family. He feels out of place and he's got this deep-seated paranoia regarding his family and and there's a looming sense of dread. And then, after we're introduced to this kid in his paranoia dream, it cuts to the opening credits. And the opening credits are this very indistinct Hellraiser-level imagery. But it's indistinct. <laughs> you can't tell what you're looking at, but it makes you feel dirty to look at it. And I think that, that adds this great sense of of horror to it but there's really no overt horror aside from the occasional paranoia dream stuff that you could that could go either way it could be that this kid is just crazy or it could be that something really really sinister is going on so i feel like that would be such a more fun way to watch it to see it that way for the very first time having no idea and then to have the act three twist thrown at you you're you're not going to be okay after watching this i know no there's there's nothing aside from like i said that opening credit sequence which is all very indistinct there's nothing else in this movie to prepare you for that act three twist it is really something like i told you when after i watched it i'm like dude you are gonna want to watch this soon because you're gonna need some time yeah you're i i think you said i'm gonna need to process it or <laughs> yeah. something like and, that and you watched it and i was right wasn't i yes yeah, you just were a little. this movie was a lot yeah it wasn't too much for me or anything like that but it was definitely a lot no but guess what i did both times i spent the i spent the last 20 minutes just mouth agape just like <laughs> And I can imagine you felt ways about stuff because of your like aversion to people eating and being gross. Yes, uh, there is just some fucking grodiness in this movie, like, and not to mention, like, I was just scrolling through the through the pictures on IMDb, and this is the one. This is a 
This is the DVD cover. This is the Tartan DVD cover. That is cold blooded. Is <laughs> like you just you just fucked up somebody's day looking at that. Like, well, the fucked up part you don't really know what it is. You can kind of tell. You but. can kind of tell what it is, but you're going like, what is the context there? Um. Yeah. By the time you yeah. reach the context, it's like okay. So yeah, the movie just. I feel like. <laughs> this gave me a little more perspective on remember I told you I had the, I had trouble selling that one story because they told me the twist is too hard and they and it's not set up enough I finally get it and then here's this movie they like throw these hints at you that don't mean fucking anything oh yeah they're so ambiguous it could go anyway I mean there's obviously something shady going on like right from the not the introductory scene because that's a dream sequence and it's very obvious that it's a dream sequence and so you can easily write that off to his paranoia but as soon as he's in the therapist's office that therapist is the creepiest motherfucker in the world I wouldn't trust that therapist as far as I could throw him and he's a big guy. This is basically just a movie of a poor teenage boy getting fucking gaslit the whole time. That is exactly what this is. Only in a way you can't even begin to guess at unless you've seen the production stills. This is going to be weird to talk about because it's it's fucking weird. But <laughs> did you did you like it? Yes. Okay. Yes, I liked it very much. I I feel like it it didn't quite commit hard in either direction of being a comedy or a horror movie because it's got some genuine horror in it and it's got some genuine laughs in it but that's not a deal breaker at all because that's sort of symptomatic of horror movies in the 80s you know they 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 couldn't quite commit to a direction and almost nobody was able to walk the line as well as Sam Raimi was. You know, Sam Raimi didn't have to commit because he perfected the walking of the line. Most horror directors who dabbled in the comedy couldn't quite play on that level, but that's not a bad thing. It's just, I feel like every once in a while, it's like they go just a little too hard on the comedy and it's like, all right, well, that's not really in keeping with the rest of the movie tonally. Where do they go too hard on the comedy? Oh, well, the butt thing. Okay. Yes. (laughs) That is, that specific spot, I'm like, all right, that is just ridiculous. It made me laugh, though. It did. I mean, it's funny. It's not like it, it's not (laughs) like I was, it's not like I didn't think it's funny. But it's It's not funny in a funny way. It's funny in a, what the fuck? Exactly. Exactly. That whole, that whole little scene, like that's the, the shunting thing was rough enough. And then you get into that room and just like, ooh. Well, the shunting thing was effective horror. Like it, it was silly. Like it was very playful. But it was horrifying, too, because, I mean, honestly, that's some fucked up shit. <laughs> but then you get into that room and it's like, Jesus Christ. Even before he gets in the room, the hand head. Like, what the fuck? That was the moment where it was like, okay, we're going all the way to 10 with this. We're in another stratosphere of weirdness here. Yeah. It's just... Like, the re- the movie you just saw did not prepare you for this. And going forward, this is what we're giving you. Like, it starts normal enough. You're following this guy that we don't know who, it turns out, his name is Billy. Played by Billy Warlock, who is the son, I think, of Dick Warlock, who was in Halloween above. Opening sequence, creepy music, squelching sounds. If you have the subtitles on, the word squelching comes up a lot. (laughs) Oh, oh, I I almost forgot. When he walks into the house in the pre-credit sequence, in the dream sequence, there's a sign on the wall that says, I believe it says the Whitney's. It looked like it said the Whitey's. That was (laughs) like I was looking right at it and I was like, the Whitey's? Oh, no, it's Whitney's. (laughs) I mean, you're really buying into that social commentary just a little bit, aren't you? (laughs) Yeah. Granted, that was a second viewing, so knowing what he was walking into, that might have had something to do with it. It's a dream sequence, of course. He grabs a knife. He does all sorts of, like, walking 
through the through the house and you, he just hears noises and people laughing and it's all very indistinct ticking clocks and swelling music and then the light pops on and it's his mom she's like billy are you okay and then then it cuts to him and he's not even holding the knife anymore he's just yeah. sitting against the wall then it cuts to him in therapy he's in therapy he's talking about how he's scared of his parents and his sister which is completely fair if you've seen the parents and the sister blonde hair blue eyes again there's no social commentary here. the problem is we haven't seen them yet we've only seen the, seen mom. the mom who's actually redheaded i think yeah. isn't she so she doesn't quite she she's not quite the <laughs> the aryan dream that the other two are yeah. billy here he feels like something weird's gonna happen he just he just knows the paranoia conversation doesn't happen quite yet but you can already see that this kid's kind of weirded out but then he grabs a fruit of some kind do you know what that thing was i think it was an apple that was a weird i believe it apple. was an apple uh he bites into it and there's worms and shit in there a lot a, like a lot Fuck ton of worms not all worm <laughs> This fucker is loaded. And then... Which is upsetting. And the therapist is still talking about shit like, it's it's fine, you're just, you're just, you're, you're fine. And that's when we get the weird title card with the creepy music and the opening credits with a bunch of images of basically just, like, wet people. It doesn't look like people. It looks like body parts mixed with, like, Hellraiser mutilations. That yeah. opening sequence looks like it's straight out of a Hellraiser movie. It really does. It's, it's unsettling right from the get-go. Yeah, because it's weirdly <laughs> sexual like Hellraiser is you know well, I mean Hellraiser is not weirdly sexual it, the sexuality makes complete sense in the context of the story but it's extremely sexual looking and yet it also looks like a mutilation or a murder scene yeah and it's just unsettling on every level but it's also indistinct it looks like there's one giant pendulous testicle dangling in the middle of the frame just one just just the left nut. The other one's pulled up into the scrotum, but but this one, it's sweaty in this one <laughs> giant, the size of my head, this giant testicle just dangling down. It disturbs me in ways that uh, we'll get to later because this movie's actually pretty long for a movie like this. Yeah, what is it? Uh, Hour 40. Normally a movie like this, they cut it down to 80 minutes because... Yeah, I would have, <laughs> based, on, based on the content, I would totally <laughs> have pegged this as 82 minutes on the nose. Let's talk about Bill and Milo playing basketball basketball which isn't really that important the fact that they're playing basketball that shit never comes up again but bill and milo are best friends you know i didn't have this thought until the end of my second viewing when they were leaving the house together but it kind of feels like this movie was originally written as a two Corys movie doesn't it are you saying that because that guy kind of looks and moves and acts like Corey haim a little bit yes and it also <laughs> feels like Corey feldman could have slipped into the role of at least blanchard because he kind of looked like him at the end I don't know about that. <laughs> so Bill and Milo are playing basketball. They're just talking, being fucking 80s douchebags. They kind of look off screen and I think they see his van. Blanchard's van pulls up. It, it actually follows him up the driveway. And then in the background of the basketball scene, you can see him pull in and park and shut the van down. And when the door, when he gets out and the door slams shut, they both look at each other and go, Blanchard, I understand if on your second viewing, this part wasn't exactly riveting to you. <laughs> <laughs> You're just waiting for all the weird shit to start happening. Yeah. Uh, it gets weird right from the beginning because this part's fucking weird because we just think he's a weirdo at this point. He's yeah. Blanchard and Tammy. Tammy? Is that her name? Jenny. Jenny. We were talking about Tammy and the T-Rex before we started, so that, that, okay. that got me. Jenny, of course, played by Patrice Jennings. Of course, as if anybody knows the fuck that is because I don't. Her IMDb trivia section is two items that are the same item, only worded slightly differently. It says, recently wrapped on a movie starring Jenny Garth. And under recently wrapped, it has the date 2010. <laughs> Jenny, like, pokes her 
head out of the second story window because uh, they're rich. They're fucking rich as shit. This, this house, house huge. is ridiculous. Um, she pokes her head out and they're like, hey, Blanchard's here. And she's like, you know, I'm not supposed to I'm not supposed to see him anymore. He's like, OK, I'm your brother. I'll get rid of him for you. But he obviously doesn't find him. We cut to Jenny's bedroom. Uh, no, it's Jenny's dressing room. Her dressing room, her fucking closet, whatever the hell this thing is. <laughs> it's got a vanity in it. It's got all the clothes hanging. It's a separate room from her bedroom. Not that the floor plan of the fucking house matters at all. <laughs> To what we're saying but so we get a little we get a little sexy right off the bat here she takes off her like robe or whatever and she's got her her lingerie on underneath and then she ends up putting on some fancy dress whatever only gets half zipped up she goes to put on earrings and she finds that there's one missing and then she turns around she sees it on the floor and you see her clothes lined up and hanging in the in the closet in the closet whatever the fuck the closet within the closet <laughs> yeah what what would be a normal person's closet that's where her fucking clothes are hanging yeah and she goes and bends down and then she to, to pick it up and then she looks up and screams and we see eyes fucking looking at her tearing out from Jesus. behind the clothes it's pretty creepy <laughs> And, if, and it's Blanchard fucking being weird. Blanchard does the obvious thing. He jumps out, pins her to the couch, and puts his hand over her mouth. And is like, no, 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 no. Don't worry. It's going to be all right. There's something weird going on. <laughs> because pinning a woman down on a couch and covering her mouth so she can't scream, that says everything's going to be fine. It's fine. It's okay. I wrote down, that's the 80s for you. Only in the 80s could the guy who leaps out of a closet and pins a woman down right at the beginning of the movie be the unsung hero of the story. <laughs> and he is yes just as he does that bill ends up breaking into the room and and you know he grabs him and takes him outside as you would i mean if, if somebody <laughs> did that to yeah. my sister they'd be lucky they weren't going out the window <laughs> my next note right after that is you this is you you always make me watch movies with familial sexual tension <laughs> <laughs> hence the connection <laughs> to twice dead Seriously, the second these two looked at each other, I'm like, again? <laughs> Fucking dial it back, you two. But then it turns out it's just the whole family, and it, it's even weirder this time. Yeah, because mom and dad walk in and are eye-fucking both of them, and it's like, Jesus. At least in Twice Dead, they weren't supposed to want to fuck each other. So <laughs> yeah. like, but you, but you could tell that they they fucked up casting those two beautiful people because they ended up like dating on the fucking ca on the sh on the set. I gotta say, I still can't get over how good looking that guy was because I knew <laughs> well, I knew going in that Jill Whitlow was gorgeous. Mm -hmm. I've had a crush on her since the eighties, literally. When I saw <laughs> Night of the Creeps on HBO at my grandma's house, oh, yeah. I have had a crush on Jill Whitlow ever since then. So I knew she. He was going to be gorgeous going in. I was not prepared for how good looking that dude was. I don't remember. That movie was disturbing as fuck for how dumb it was. So I remember that part. You throw two people that good looking together, it's inevitable. Well, now, now you're just <laughs> quoting lines from bad Adam Sandler movies. I don't know if you quoted it. Oh, <laughs> in uh, you've, you've seen, uh, what's the one with his son? and Big Daddy? Daddy's Home. Oh, no. That's My Boy? That's My Boy. I mean, I have seen it, but I don't remember it. Okay, well. um, well, Which is to say, I don't remember that line. I remember the movie in broad strokes. Andy Sam, you know, you know how Andy Sandberg's fiance like fucks her brother, played by played by Rocky's son. Yes, uh, what, Milo Ventimiglia. <laughs> yes, I thought that movie was kind of funny until that part. I'm like, what <laughs> the fuck? And then they make the comment like, oh, it's we're beautiful people and we have to like make love, whatever. <laughs> 
But I, I still, to this day, use the use the phrase "special tickle time." Ew! Oh, that's so gross. <laughs> because I take I take the grossest shit from all these movies that I hate and just use that forever. Is that in the? That's my voice. Yeah, that's what that's what Milo says. He's like, "What about our special tickle time?" Because she's clearly older, and that was very gross. Ew, Adam Ew. Sandler. Oh, why? Ew! Oh, you're right. Ew. The fucked up part. We know you can act, and we know you make good movies occasionally. Just keep making good movies. Stop. He doesn't make good movies. He's in good movies. Well, yeah. Stop fucking phoning it in and <laughs> you make me mad because when you were 20 that shit was cute. By the time you hit fucking 40 time to not anymore. <laughs> Will Ferrell okay. somehow gets away with it because he's not crass and fucking disgusting about it. <laughs> Well, it's, it also helps that Will Ferrell doesn't do a voice like this whenever he's trying to be funny. That's true. <laughs> see, it's, it's, it sucks because I love Adam Sandler, but fuck. If anything, Will Ferrell goes, a little, goes more serious the more funny he's trying to be. He becomes very clearly enunciated. Everything yeah. becomes very concise. I do like how dumb he is in all of his movies and he plays the like the straight guy a lot. Yes, he does. That's kind of funny. Anyways, uh, sexual tension, the whole family, and then, you know, <laughs> and, I, and I noticed it especially between the brother and sister when she's like, sit me up, Billy. Yeah. Oh, come on, now. <laughs> Either way, they, they, they kick out uh, Blanchard because, you know, the dad's like, you're not supposed to be seeing him anymore. What's going on? And she's like, sorry, daddy. He, he. When he zips up the dress, you could see her back bubble for a second, and she's all kind of wet. Yeah, and then he kind of, like, does a double take, and then it flashes back, and there's nothing wrong with it and then they have again this this is just like sort of a psychodrama up to this point you know like everything could be explained away (laughs) or he could be getting gaslit like you like you wouldn't know if you didn't have that imagery from the end and know that some really fucked up shit was coming (laughs) unquestionably some fucked up shit is coming down the line it's honestly almost like they live in that way how the elite it's not on the level of they live oh absolutely (laughs) not john carpenter's a fucking god uh, just come on I, I was just making I was just making the the, the comparison. But you're definitely you know, right. Thematically. Um, they're tackling the same subject from a different angle. Which <laughs> I like. I'm glad they didn't try and cover the John Carpenter angle because John Carpenter would do it better, so you know, don't do that. So they have a conversation about something called a coming out party. I have no idea what the fuck it's supposed to be. That's a high society thing. That's from like the uh the plantation days and shit like that. So I'm okay. So this this is this is how I interpret it. Obviously, we know the coming out party. So you can do it with boys and girls because that's on the recording, which we haven't gotten to yet. Yeah, but yes, clearly some fucked up shit happens at the coming out party. But did they say something like that afterwards? Like now I can do it with. No, she's like, you mean I can dance with whoever I want to? Thank you. That's right. Okay. I don't know what a coming out party is. I'm not rich enough. A coming out party basically means that you're eligible for dating, I think, is the idea. Like, Like you're now allowed to enter society, you know. Either way. It's something that's done for women because women were second class citizens and needed to be protected by their fathers and brothers. Lame. Because... All the other guys are rapists. Clearly Blanchard may be one. We don't really know yet. <laughs> he definitely <laughs> comes off as one in that opening scene. Uh, Holy shit, what an introduction. Yeah. Billy's going to miss her her coming out party because of a basketball game. Because he's like... Nobody seems that broken up about it. No. I'll no. say that. Nobody's like, Billy, you should really be here for your sister. Yeah, I know. Nobody gives a shit, it seems. However, his parents are really dicky about his friend because clearly they don't approve of, I don't know... Because he's Jewish or something? No, Blanchard is Jewish. I'm speculating. Well, they obviously probably don't approve of Blanchard. I mean, you know, they obviously don't approve of Blanchard. The implication is sort of that he's... Because he's Jewish, but turns out... (laughs) 
I mean, <laughs> technically, it is a race thing. Billy's also like running for student body president. Yeah, I don't. And I, he's like the team I don't captain get of the why basketball. He wants to do that, but okay. I, I don't know. He's running against a guy they call Petri. Uh, I'm a big fan of his dish. What? It's contributed a lot to science. But he gets asked about the dress code, and he's trying to answer the question. He's like, "But uh, the dress code is the thing that we should all." But then he looks in the front row, and there's Clarissa spreading her legs, showing off her panties and stuff. And his I, girlfriend I would have had trouble. Yeah, a little bit. Articulating huh? myself yeah. as well. And his girlfriend can't really see what she's doing up front, so I don't know what the fuck's her problem. She can see that he's looking at her oh, okay. and getting tongue-tied she is very that is enough because his yeah. girlfriend is clearly insecure about their relationship justifiably so he does not seem overly committed to it himself so back at therapy billy walks in the room and goes my basketball game and the election the debate not the election yet and then he sits down and the therapist goes so what about your family and he's like my family yeah um Nothing. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think about them. They don't think about me. We're just, we're just one big happy family, except for a little, little incest and psychosis. <laughs> Look, I know you're being facetious, but I think you really believe that. No, 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 I, I don't. I, I don't. We're getting along much better now, really. Hey. Let's not waste our time bullshitting. All right, all right. They don't approve of me, okay? They, they, they don't accept my friends. They don't, they don't talk to me like they do Jenny. Hell, they don't even look like me. But then he looks at him and goes, you deserve what's going to happen to you. And he's just like, what is what? <laughs> That's a weird way to word that. And he's like, all the good things. All those You're good things. You're going to make a yeah. wonderful contribution to society. I use that, that word a lot. That phrase comes up multiple times. Now, Billy's at home. And this is just a collection of scenes that just set up the weirdness of everything. He needs sunscreen because he's going to go to the beach with Shauna. <laughs> Jenny's in the shower and he knocks on the door. He's like, hey, I need some sunscreen. I'm, I'm going I'm to come in. Just, you know. And then this he... is a huge fucking, again, you know, she's got like an entryway to the bathroom <laughs> yes. and everything. So yeah. it's not like, it's not like trying to squeeze into my bathroom. <laughs> Or like mine in there. Yeah, like that. My bathroom is about the size of your tiny ass bathroom upstairs. If if we were 20 pounds heavier, we wouldn't be able to fit in. Exactly. A couple more inches and we're stuck in there. He walks in and you can see she's got one of those those glass doors that are all blurry and shit. Pebbled, I believe. Pebbled. Okay, yeah. And you can see her in there, like her silhouette. And he's looking at it and her, her butt is facing the door. But then so are her boobs. She looks like she's got boobs growing out of her oh no but then her face is also towards the door her face is towards the door her boobs are towards the door and her butt is towards the door so it looks like she got cut in half at the waist and her ass got put on backwards and he's like what the fuck is going on and then he makes the brilliant decision to open the door and check you know what it's fine because he is adopted he doesn't know he doesn't know that yet so he opens the door and she's like ah what the fuck are you doing and everything's normal everything's fine like get the hell out of here you fucking pervert does she call him a pervert i think so or she or she just tells him i know she says multiple times shut the door and he never shuts the door he's just he just like walks back he's like uh 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 sunscreen so he gets the sunscreen and that's fine as he's leaving the his mom and dad are like talking to their gardener and admiring these weird slugs that they've harvested or grown or whatever yeah the gardener's got a crystal tray loaded with slugs and they're like oh these are beautiful these are the best ones we've ever made or whatever yeah 
and <laughs> it's very gross and bizarre. I've always thought slugs were so fucking gross ever since I was a kid. They are gross. You know why? It's not just that they're slimy. It's that that slime is like indelible. Once you get it on you, it doesn't come off. You can't wash it off. It's <laughs> water resistant. Slug slime doesn't come off. So does easily. the term snail trail make you uncomfortable? Very. Yes. <laughs> the idea of eating snails? Oh, fuck you. He gets in his car and he sits on this doll and it has like a nail or a bolt or something in its head. Screw. A, it's screw. a screw. Okay. A Ken doll-ish. I don't know if it's actually a Ken doll. it's got his name written on it. That stuff will come back. Weird shit keeps on happening to him. It's it's kind of fucked up. It amounts to nothing, essentially. (laughs) It's a total red herring, but uh, but it it does keep coming back. They hang out at a place called the Albacore Club, because that's what rich people do. (laughs) Bill's at the beach with Shauna. He tries to to get a little when he like puts some sunscreen on her on her stomach and they start making out he tries to grab her boobs and all i could think of when he goes when, when he goes for the boob grab and she just shuts him down is the rob gordon line sometimes i got so bored of trying to touch her breast that i would try to touch her between her legs it was like trying to borrow a dollar getting turned down and asking for 50 grand instead she stops billy and says you need to go get us invited to this ted guy's party because you know, I want to be cool or some shit. And he's like, why the fuck do you want to go to that dickhead's party? This is the one where I have no sympathy for her and her frustration in this relationship. Getting hung up on status parties. Fuck that. I have never been able to relate to that shit. I don't even like people, so I don't want to go to parties. Like, I used to want to get invited to shit when I was in high school, too, so I get it. But no, I, I understand wanting to go to a party, but she clearly... Or maybe it's just me. You know what? Maybe this is me. Impo- maybe I'm wrong. It seems, though, that she's hung up on the status of the thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, because it's the, it's the rich kids party. Yeah, that's, that's the yeah. vibe I get. And maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe if I go back and look at it and go, well, am I wrong? Maybe I'll find You're not. That that's just my own prejudice. But I get the feeling that it's about the status of the thing. No, that's exactly what it is. I, I got that too. As they're kind of uh, having this little conversation, these two little shitheads grab the sunscreen and go, die, alien scum, and squirt them, squirt the girl in the face, squirt Shauna with the sunscreen. And she's like, oh my God, my hair. I'm like, you're at the beach. Go fuck yourself. And she's not even the alien scum. And then Billy chases the kids. He, uh, Ends up falling and he falls right at the feet of Clarissa, the girl flashing him at school. And she picks up the, the sunscreen, squirts him in the face and yeah, tee hee hee. Does she have some weird line here? Because she has a she, lot of weird lines. She does, but I can't remember what it is. Don't get too hot. Bill gets up, bumps into, I just called her a big lady because we don't know who she is yet. Just a... She's obviously a thing in the movie though. Like yeah. immediately. Like, you can tell she seems like a character out of Surf 2. Yes. Like, that's immediately what I thought of. I completely agree with you because, I mean, it helps that we meet her at the beach. But yes, <laughs> I immediately got Surf 2 vibes off of her as well. Like, right the second she walks on, I'm like, yep. yes. So he he makes it, he talks to the party guy. I didn't know his name at the time. His name is Ted. And he's like, is there anything uh going on this week there, Ted? Ted says a line that I actually think is really good writing. He says in a really condescending way, well, if something comes up, I'll send you a telegram. And then he fucking sends him a telegram later. He does. <laughs> he does do that. It's a weird collection of people hanging out with Ted right now. Yeah, he's hanging out with the class president guy, yeah. the, uh, Petri. Petri. Petri, call him Petri. Me. And he's I... hanging out with, yeah, like you don't see Ted and Petri getting together no. and being buddies. That's just weird. And Clarissa's there with them also. I get Clarissa. Yeah, um, yeah although, that makes sense. Although I will say that it doesn't make sense from the standpoint of uh, his buddy basically indicates that she's got a reputation as the school slut. And that yeah. doesn't check out, again, Ted hanging out with 
the girl with the reputation as the school slut. Because in the 80s, in particular, like, there was a clear status divide there, you know? I'm just saying, in the 80s, that was a thing. Especially among, you know, like, anybody of, a, of the upper societal echelon. Although, I mean, I didn't have a lot of those in my school, but I did have some. And boy, they were fucking snobs. If someone had a reputation for being a slut, they were they were the first to just dig into that as hard as they could. Blanchard shows up at the beach and he pulls Bill aside. He's like, "Dude, I have something to show you. Something fucking weird is happening. Let's go under the pier or whatever. Let let let's fuck under the pier." He's a shady motherfucker. Wonderful things happen under the pier. <laughs> Turns out he has some recordings that he got from bugging their house. That's why the earring was on the floor at the beginning of the movie because he put a little microphone in it. Which we do a little intercutting here with the beach outside the albacore club and the inside of the albacore club where jenny brings her earring to her dad and is like there's something on it i don't know what it is and he's like well let me take a look at it darling and uh he finds a little microphone on it so my question is there there's a little bit of bad writing here i think oh i assume she wore that the night before to the thing right so why is she be having so much fucking trouble with it now on the tape you hear jenny and her parents talking about the coming out party and this is where she says i'll be able to do it with boys and girls and he's the dad's like yeah we gotta first we like eat and no, then first we dine first we die then copulation. then copulation oh god that fucking word i remember my own coming out i was so excited then you can do it with women as well as men of course uh, the schedule first we dine then copulation with someone your own age first then with your mother and me then in comes the host you'll be ready you know i could hardly keep a straight face when bill apologized to me about not being able to make it tonight (laughs) don't be concerned about your brother jen he's too busy with things in his own world to worry about our at this point, old... Uh, Poor Billy. Old Billy is not <laughs> coping well with this revelation. Yeah, that's gross. Then he starts to hear the sounds on the tape. Don't act like I did this to you, okay? You bought society before I did. That's true. Because you got the steelbook, and I tried to get the steelbook, I did not get the steelbook. out of stock. I didn't get the steelbook. Oh, you didn't? Nope. Because it was out of stock, <laughs> and I gave up. Oh, you must have. You still bought it before I did. I think we bought it during the same sale, but you bought it, and then I was like, "Well, fuck, I'll get it too." Yeah, I think that was the thing. Because I wanted the steel book, and then I'm like, "Ah, fuck!" I, I sat on it too long. I had it in my cart, and then I just forgot I had it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's that was right. like a year ago. Bill ends up taking the tape from Blanchard like violently. He's getting kind of pissed. <laughs> he fucking practically beats up Blanchard to get it. Yeah, he he grabs the tape out of the recorder, throws the recorder back at him. He's like, "Here it is." Here's your stupid recorder. And then he immediately goes and takes the tape to his therapist and says, here, you need to listen to this. There's some weird shit. My parents are fucking my sister and the fucking all this weird shit. And the therapist is like, dude, I can't do it tonight. You gotta, you gotta chill out. You know what? I'll take it. You'll come back tomorrow or I'll, I'll call you if I fucking listen to it tonight or whatever. And he's like, okay, okay. Well, he's a little, he's a little resistant to the idea, but then the guy's like, look, you do what you want. All right. But you know, I'm not going to listen to it. I'm not going to listen to it until tomorrow. And he's like, all right, fine, here, take it. Which, this is the most untrustworthy, shady motherfucker. <laughs> like, from scene one, he does this say guy he's is afraid so of him. goddamn creepy. He, Billy does say he's afraid of him a few times. And, he's, and he keeps saying, are you still afraid of me? Yes. You know, and yeah, I'd be afraid of him. This guy's creepy as hell. At school, Billy tells his girlfriend about what he heard on the tape. But all she cares about is that stupid fucking party. And <laughs> She is not having no. it. No. And they essentially break up here. 
She's, yes, she's like, we maybe we should just see other people. But yeah. you know, you know what it is. She can argue we didn't break up. I said maybe. Yeah, and I call <laughs> bullshit on that because later on he does hook up with Clarissa and she finds out about it and she comes at him and I'm like, motherfucker, you said see other people. I don't understand why he's so upset about it at that point though. I'd be like, fuck yeah, I got laid last night. Then after that, he opens his locker and there's a shrunken head in there, like one of those voodoo heads. Let's go back to therapy. Oh God, this motherfucker. He is perfectly cast, I gotta say, just because, like I said, he is so immediately creepy, but he also does come across as a therapist like not not a therapist i would ever trust but he's he's got the therapist thing yeah his character could go either way at this point like you you get something out of it but then you're like ah oh, maybe maybe he's one of those characters that's gonna like in the end come and be yeah on, be on the good side be on the if right i didn't already things. know how it ended i could see i basically knew how it was gonna end from the beginning because again you know i've seen so much behind the scenes or, or so many production stills and snippets and whatnot so. I didn't know anything about this movie. Oh, okay. So you you came into it way fresher than all I, did. I knew is it's it's from the eighties and it used practical effects and shit. And I'm like, I'm all about that. Okay, okay. Well, that's all right. I kind of envy you your first watch then, because <laughs> i i had a i i had a good idea where it was going. I didn't realize it was going to literally take the entire movie to get there. No, I thought it was going to be a monster movie. Yeah, but it is. It definitely it's is. It's not that kind of monster movie. So. The therapist is talking to him about the tape and he puts it in and it's completely different. It's like the same conversation, but it's about the actual coming out party that was supposed to happen. And <laughs> it's not about the actual coming out. Well, party. You know, it's about a it's plausible about the, real yeah. world coming out party. It's just different enough that, again, gaslighting Billy into thinking that he's the crazy one. So this is the first bit where I actually wrote down dialogue, by the way. Okay. The therapist is like, you're being paranoid again. This shit is getting weird. And he pulls out his prescription pad and goes, I really hate giving you drugs, Billy. That's so, that's so fucked up. If I ever had a therapist and they said, I really hate giving you drugs, but here's some drugs. I'd be like, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, like I'm, gonna, I'm out. I'm going to go ahead and not take that from you. No. Immediately, Billy calls Blanchard to have him bring another tape, another copy of the tape, just assuming he has one for some reason. A bold assumption considering it was recorded on mini cassette. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is one of those fucking things. I'm like. Do they have, like, adapters for that? No, they what? do. I mean, they have copy. But why you would copy it to a mini cassette is the mind boggler there. You would co- copy it to a regular size cassette, not to another mini cassette. Oh, yeah. And he, yeah. Because yeah. most people have regular size cassette players in the 1980s. So Blanchard obviously never makes it because oh, oh, he- when he's in the therapist's office, he, he calls Blanchard from the therapist's office and he says, right, I'll meet you at the corner of such yes. and such and such and such. I can't remember which roads he says, but he clearly says it in front of the therapist. Being as paranoid as he is about this whole situation, how he didn't expect to show up and find Blanchard dead. He's going to meet him at this place and he finds his truck overturned. And then Billy hasn't been like the dumbest person in the world yet, but right here he's made to look really stupid. Yeah, a little bit. Because... He comes, you see these two ambulance guys with this fucking body on the gurney and it's all covered up and covered in blood. And this he is looks, dialogue gold here. He looks at him and goes, is he dead? And they just look at him exactly the way I would look at him in that situation. No, Billy, he's fine. Uh, oh, and then uh, in, in all capital letters, I wrote blood puddle because Billy's standing in a puddle of blood. Well, he, you know, he backs into a oh, blood puddle. Well. Incidentally, yeah. did you notice that everybody has custom license plates? Oh, yeah. What does Blanchard say? Blanchard's is ear. And then hit because them. he's an audio guy, I guess. Then Billy's is hoops. Yep. 
and because basketball, I guess. Okay, yeah, yeah. So they're all in the bad place, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> the darkest timeline. That's the one we're living in. <laughs> Clearly, COVID and World War Three. Fuck. Enough bright and shiny shit. Let's talk about society. At least we have fucked up movies like this. Back at home, hey Billy gets Billy gets that telegram from Ted saying that he's invited to the fancy pants party, and it's it's such a weird <laughs> sequence that one. He's trying to tell him he's like something happened. The dad specifically, he's like, yeah, we already know about the accident. Yeah, and then and they're mom, so nonchalant about the whole thing. Well, and then his mom is like, "Such a terrible thing." And then it cuts to his sister, and she's like, "Yeah, it's very sad." So, what are you gonna wear? Like, He's like, "To the funeral." For the funeral? <laughs> yeah. She's like, "To the party." No, what did she call him? To the party, you dork, or something like that. Anyway, suffice to say, everybody just immediately moves on from her ex-boyfriend being dead. Even him, kind of. He does go to the party. Yeah, I mean, he's like. Well, I mean, I guess I got to go to the party. I mean, you know, teenagers cope with things in weird ways. I'm not saying it's not bad writing, but it's plausible enough. It's not great writing. <laughs> no, it's not. But that's funny. That's the same thing I was thinking the whole time I was watching The Giver. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, why did that happen? Wait, didn't they just say, like, something that completely not that at all? I'm like, what the fuck? The movie's great, though. Everybody watch The Giver and let's all fucking, let's get that a good, a good, a real release i want commentaries and behind the scenes shit you know what we need the guyver 2 to get an actual release are there not good have you dug into the bonus features on that arrow blu-ray yet there's only i I don't know what's on it there's only a couple there's no commentary there's like a couple interviews i think there's no commentary no that's weird i thought there was a commentary bums me out it's pretty it's pretty sparse actually i watched a i watched the behind the scenes that they had on there that god, that fucking suit looks so awesome, though. It does. It I love that right. suit. All the suits look really good, even the weird <laughs> kangaroo racist caricature one, which it totally is. Played by what's his butt from What's Happening? Yeah, I can't remember that dude's name. <laughs> Dino yeah, like, yeah, the star, the the breakout guy from What's Happening. That movie never got that. This it got a sequel, but it never got a sequel to that. Yeah, like it's called The Giver Two, but it doesn't really. I've never seen The Giver Two. I've only seen The Giver. It's got the guy who voiced Solid Snake in it as the Giver. Really? Yeah. Oh, you told me that the last time we brought up the Giver too, didn't you? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do both of those. We got to do both of those because I I really like both of them. I'm down. I love the Giver, and I'm I would love to see the Giver too. Although, yeah, like you said, probably have to get that German import or whatever. Oh man, yeah. There, I, I have the Arrow, the Arrow Giver, and there's a German one called Mutronics that I want to get too, just because I want to be that fucking weirdo. <laughs> okay. Anyways, let's talk about this fucking party. Jesus, oh my god, we're not even through the party yet. No. Oh my uh, god, this the party is taking forever. Clarissa is there, and she apparently knows a lot of shit about him. She's just like, so where's Shauna? Well, I, uh, I didn't expect to see her here, if that's what you mean. That is who you go with, right? You know my mom's maiden name, too? Real or adopted. Milo shows up and basically cock blocks fucking Bill. He asks him about Blanchard. He straight up calls her a whore. Milo follows Clarissa into a tent and a bunch of the weirdos are in there. All the rich kids, Ted and whatever the fuck. Ted and his cronies is basically what I would refer to them as. Yeah. Ted like goes off and he's like basically confessing to fucking his sister and then killing Blanchard. Yeah. 
He just straight up says it. And his whole attitude is like, yeah, what you going to do about it? And it seems like it's hyperbolic a little. Yeah. Oh, no, he could totally but, write it off as yeah, that. Because he's just a dickhead and he would say stuff like that. Yeah, but it's it's very on the nose. Then, so Then they throw Billy into the pool, which as of 1989, not an expensive prank. Uh <laughs> Yeah, because nobody has a nobody has a thousand dollar phone in their pockets. Now they've can they've they've had the bright idea like, hey, let's make these fucking waterproof a little bit. Only took them what twenty fucking years, fifteen years. Jesus. Yeah. After that, Billy's all wet and drippy and stuff. Like the rest of them are gonna be here in a little bit. He gets out of that pool and his hair, because his hair is kind of eighties tastic in that John Stamos way, you know. And then he gets out of the pool and his hair falls into the <laughs> redneckest looking mullet his hair looks like what my hair looked like every time i tried in the 80s to do my hair like he does his hair in this movie because i i always got the supercuts version and it it wasn't flattering let me tell you so Cry. billy ends up in clarissa's room and she's all over him and she says the line lean machine jelly bean <laughs> what yes i don't even remember that because they're making out and she she takes off his shirt because he, i know oh, she pulls like a button off of his shirt because she's yeah. trying she's trying to fuck him <laughs> well but that was before they even got inside <laughs> oh i know she was trying to get him inside yes yes she's like you want to go so yeah so he's got his shirt off in her in her bedroom on her bed she does look at his abs and she's like lean machine jelly bean that's actually what she oh, says okay uh, i just remember her saying we need to get you out of these wet clothes yeah. they start they start fucking and in the, they're fucking she's she's on top going at it and then she leans down like close to him and then her third arm pops up or something <laughs> yeah a third arm creeps around from behind her and starts caressing his face and he's like what the fuck and he pushes her off and he falls on the floor and and then it looks like her body's all contorted and backwards and he's staring at her like what the fuck and apparently they did this shot and i'm like there's nothing hot about this at all she's on top you can see the top half of her body and her legs are apparently her friend yeah and she was like <laughs> laying backwards i'm like that's a good position to be in it is a strange looking shot like it it really does get that uncanny valley thing just right and then I he guess. does the not all of the effects in this movie are brilliant but that no. that was a good one but then he does the does he like wipe his eyes and then open them again and then all of and a sudden she's back to normal yeah, yeah back to normal and you know she's like what the fuck are you talking about more more gaslighting yeah everybody's fucking in on it <laughs> and it turns out that uh shauna's friend had seen him talking to her talking to clarissa at the party so now we cut to her and Shauna in a car outside of Clarissa's place. Yeah, and they're talking about what a slut Clarissa what a, is. What what a dick Billy is for fucking making out with her fucking this girl, whatever. And I'm like, you literally said you should see other people. He's just this one's doing... not on him, I'm sorry. Yeah. I am not often on the guy's side in these types of situations because more often than not, guys are just being dicks. But in <laughs> this case, I'm sorry, you were the one who said, let's see other people. She's kind of annoying. I get it because, you know, high school, they just say shit all the time you know what i don't buy that as an excuse like I, I i don't accept that i understand it's real i get that it happens but i don't accept it as an excuse if you say something it's perfectly reasonable for someone to treat you like you mean what you say that is reasonable yeah but high schoolers are very rarely reasonable that is 100 accurate <laughs> now we cut back to clarissa and billy and they're sitting on the couch now she's like what do you like in your tea or how do you want your tea cream sugar do you want me to pee in it sure. and at that point i was like put a ring on that finger yeah no kid what uh, <laughs> um then they start making out again like on the couch when that big lady from earlier comes walking in well she doesn't just come walking no. in um sean it's shauna right 
Shauna, yes. Yeah. Oh, Shauna, yeah. Shauna and her friend are out in the car. They're like, oh, no, we better go. Who's that? And you get the impression that somebody just walked up to the house, and then it cuts to a POV shot along with all of this grunting. They were breathing like this. And then this woman who looks like Clint Howard in drag walks into the room and clarissa's like mom get the fuck out of here and she coughs up a hairball yes this woman is very very obviously disoriented she looks very confused at what she's seeing it leads me to think what the fuck is with clarissa's mom because billy is like what's with her she's like she just does things that bug me sometimes and like yeah what is with her because she looks like obviously something is deeply deeply wrong with her but she also based on things that happen later she does seem like she's part of this cabal she absolutely is because she coughed up the hairball just like the the mayor does or the judge But what the hell's wrong with her like that needed more (laughs) i want to know what happened there now granted this isn't the type of movie that demands an answer because it's weird enough that you can just be like well you just accept it with all the other weirdness that's fine because guess what you never actually get answers to anything yeah nothing that scene's over it's just over yeah like her mom (laughs) just turns around and walks away mind you when she walked in on him clarissa was like tits out making out with (laughs) with billy it is billy right yes i keep i keep feeling like it's something else his real name is billy warlock his uh his movie name is billy whitney that's right. Okay. So yeah, her with her boobs hanging out, making out with Billy and Clarissa is the one who gets indignant. So I'm like, mm, okay, this is a weird dynamic in their relationship. Something it's fine. Something is, is going on with mom there. But, yeah, just uh, a little. But we never get an answer to that. Spoiler alert. <laughs> so the next day, Bill is all dressed up for the funeral that we're going to go to in a minute. He ends up going to his car and he finds a sex doll with another Ken doll in the mouth of it. But it was it's like one of those old shitty blow up sex dolls. Yeah, the, the really gross looking ones. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this. There was a, or it might have even been a local show. I'm not sure. But when I was growing up, when I was about 13 years old, I was just old enough to not be watching the Saturday afternoon cartoon hosted events you know you know you know how some channels would have those right like they would have a they would have a cartoon host who like hosted the afternoon cartoons i know of it but i don't think i've ever actually seen one okay well in the night in in this is the very early 90s this is like 1990 91 90 unless you count like stick stickly on fucking nickelodeon no this wouldn't have been nickelodeon this was definitely (laughs) this was definitely an abc nbc cbs or fox thing i'm guessing fox personally but i could be wrong about that they had this show that was hosted by this guy and i don't again i don't know if this was a national thing or if it was just local to tacoma where i grew up but this guy he was like hosting from his man cave thing you know he was like a teenage guy <laughs> Wayne's he, he world was style he was obviously in his 20s uh, yeah it was very clearly trying to riff on the whole wayne's world thing and in the background there was a blow-up sex doll <laughs> but it was in a jersey and like football shorts, you know, or basketball shorts or some shit. And I think it had a, it, I think it even had a football helmet on, but the mouth was very clearly a blow up sex doll. <laughs> and I, and like I said, I was right on the edge of too old for that. But at one point, like he grabs the thing and starts throwing it around the room. And I'm like, <laughs> you really want to draw attention to that thing, man? Cause that is not appropriate for a kid's show. That's okay. He's doing this for free. He's just having fun. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> 
is. He's probably getting paid like minimum wage or sag scale or probably not even. <laughs> After he finds this fucking sex doll. Which were not cheap items, if I remember correctly. I think I actually went into a sex shop in the late 90s and saw one and they were like 75, 80 bucks in Jesus. 90s dollars. Nice. And those are shitty ones. They have good ones now. I mean, Granted, the, one, still... <laughs> the ones now are literally in the thousands of dollars, maybe tens of thousands for all I know. Cool. I'll take two. One to fuck and one to sit there and watch us fuck. <laughs> You know, you start facing down the reality that you're probably going to spend the rest of your life alone, and you, you start thinking, maybe it's not the worst idea in the world. There is not a reason at all that we should not do Love Object on this show. I'm definitely in favor of that. I only watched it once, and I don't even think I watched it all the way through. I We talked about that before. I was, yeah. I was a teenager, and I was looking for something to jerk off to. And that doesn't quite do it I no because it's a serious movie <laughs> like it really it's an actual movie it's a thriller yeah air quotes back in the erotic thriller era <sighs> when those were like big business still with like real actors though it's kind of funny who's the actor not, that's in that it's the guy from um the chick from get over it no I'm, she keeps on coming up <laughs> not her the guy in it i think he was the guy from he was in something big desmond harrington he was in uh wrong turn and that's it yeah ghost ship shows up in Brooklyn he, he was apparently. he was the guy like the lead guy in both those movies yeah i mean granted wrong turn eliza dushku was obviously the lead of the movie he was you know like the the pretty guy and then in ghost ship i believe there was also a female lead and he was like the uh the main male interest he kind of seems to be in those roles doesn't he i like i like that movie quite a bit it's pretty fucking weird and gross and i haven't seen creepy. i haven't seen ghost ship since it was brand oh new. not that movie fuck that movie oh wrong uh, turn <laughs> yeah no uh love object oh love oh yeah like i said i have it I, i'm totally down to do that one Good. Well, we're going to do it. Be on the lookout for Love Object when we get real creepy. Anyways. That might be the one that pushes me over the edge. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'm saving up 10000 Shauna shows up to confront him while he's outside of his Jeep, I guess. That fucking thing. Right before he gets in it. And she's like, you fuck that girl and you need to grow up and shit. And all you think about is sex. And then he's like, no, I don't. And then he has the fucking sex doll in his hands. Well, he kind of <laughs> steps closer to her and he's still holding the thing and whips it out of the Jeep. He did. Yeah. And it becomes it becomes very obviously visible, and she's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> He's kind of pissed after the sex doll thing, so he goes back inside after Shauna leaves to ask the family, "What the fuck doll?" Well, I, oh, I said, "What the fuck?" But it's what the fuck doll's about <laughs> because he thinks they're doing it. Dad is rubbing his sister's shoulders very sensually. Yeah, it definitely looks like the entire family just got done fucking. Like I just wrote down again, they they're just gaslighting the shit out of him too because they're like he's like what this isn't weird nothing's weird nothing's happening what are you even talking about they all look like they just fucked each other yes it, it is total post coital afterglow it's gross room. and creepy and weird but he we get one of the best lines in the movie just as he's about to leave he looks at his dad and goes fuck you butthead butthead was a thing though in the in the late eighties you know I blame Back to the Future for that we're going to Blanchard's funeral also after the butthead thing and makes me very happy him and Milo were there I wrote down that he's jewish and that's a thing that seems important if you get to the subtext of what's going on in the movie about like the elite fucking with oh yeah the for not. sure if you haven't seen the movie you're fucked at this point you've already gotten so much spoiler that there's <laughs> yeah. no way you can walk into this fresh so the whole overarching subtext of the movie is about how the the elite feed on the lower classes and that's literally what they do in this movie. And so, of course, for Blanchard to be Jewish and literally have been a, you know, have been a sacrifice and ultimately their food that they feed on is very appropriate given the uh, the 
politics of this movie. Again, when people get pissed off about horror movies being woke, it's like, here it is. How fucking full of shit are you? Have you never watched a goddamn horror movie or are you just that literal? A lot of them are like that. It's like, what? Halloween's like a feminist thing. Yeah. This is obviously a class thing. I mean, go back to fucking Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead. all about racism. Yeah, have you? No, they haven't watched a horror movie. They've watched like fucking Scream and they're like, I've seen horror movies. They've watched The Conjuring. The history of horror is littered with political wokeness. While they're at the funeral, uh, they're they're doing the viewing. They're looking at the body. And I think it's Milo who goes, why does he look so weird? It's like, I don't know. Maybe they like had to put a bunch of makeup on him and fix his face or whatever. He's like, wow, he looks really weird. And then he pokes his, oh, yeah. he pokes his there. mole. Yeah, he pokes the mole and then like his face breaks. It's kind of like House of Wax. His, speaking of fucking horror movies yeah. that everybody's seen. And it like cracks and it, it grossed me out. And that's when Milo goes, they must have had to do a lot of reconstructive <laughs> surgery on him. I guess he walks away and just kind of leaves Billy there because Petri shows up and he's like, hey man, I know things are getting weird. I think we need to talk. You need to meet me at this at this place and we'll, we'll talk about this. And he even says like it's about him and it's about your sister and society. Society, yeah, society. It's a word. It's like the happening. It just fucking comes up over and over again. Yeah, how, there's one. You know, put the put the ticker on this and see how many times the <laughs> word society comes up. Billy goes to meet uh, Petri, and Milo follows. Like he just he just kind of shows up there too. But and then a random car pulls out. It seems random, but apparently it might not be. No, it's um Ted. Is it Ted? Okay, yeah, it's Ted. So Bill is looking for Petri. And, and only Milo sees him pull out. Okay, yeah, yeah. Bill doesn't see Ted pull out. I didn't know if it was, like, supposed to happen or what. Because <laughs> it was, just seemed so innocuous and just out of the blue. No, yeah. It, I mean, that that whole thing was about how, about showing that Milo is seeing things that Bill isn't seeing. That's why when they come together later... And he, he he gives him more than what we saw him see. But just to you know, just to get the general idea that there are things Bill isn't seeing that are going on. I partially hate how much we're using the word gaslighting because I think it's a word that gets overused. But it's one hundred percent appropriate. It's exactly what's happening here. That is exactly <laughs> what is going on. That's the reason I hate it because it gets overused in situations where it's not appropriate, and so it undermines people who legitimately use the term gaslighting. You know, and I don't like that because a lot of people are being gaslighted and it's fucked up. But we are using it appropriately. That is exactly what is going on here yes like right now here's a here's a big setup for one too so as billy is going to meet petri he's looking for him he, f- he ends up finding his car in a ditch he opens the door finds petri with his throat cut and someone else is there running around laughing we don't know who it is it's a shadowy figure knocks bill down there's a fucking sweater we don't know what the sweater is and i'm like not and sure the exactly, but figure. it's a thing grabs the sweater and runs off with it after it knocks bill down bill runs away he ends up on the same road as clarissa's house somehow uh yeah i think i think the reason he goes to clarissa's house is because he heard that she could explain it all yeah Uh, he tells her he ends up going into her house tells her about petri and she says oh poor baby i hope he didn't make a mess what yeah (laughs) i must have missed that line he says oh i found him with his throat cut and she's like oh poor baby i hope he didn't make a mess like in the with all the blood (laughs) that is a fucking weird thing to say it's everything she says is fucking weird she is out there her motives become a little clearer later on in the story that she is we realize she's like trying to help but she's also part of that thing so she doesn't really yeah she's on the out she's on the outside of it but she's still very clearly part of it too so yeah she's they have a weird relationship these two they end up bringing the cops out there and they go to the same spot in the ditch and it turns out it's a different car it's in it's not an empty car because there's like garbage and shit everywhere in it but and there's a a bright red scarf right where petri had been lying then the cop is like i don't think we need the lab 
have to tell us there's no blood here. And it's the same guy who confronted him at the at uh, Blanchard's yeah. accident scene. Exactly. Apparently, there's only one cop in Beverly Hills. There's two. Okay, his, this <laughs> cop and his partner are the only cops in Beverly Hills. The next day at school, there's another debate, and Jenny ends up asking him, he's like, dude, why didn't you come home last night? Mom and Dad are really pissed and worried. And he's like... Uh, then he gets up on stage and fucking talks about that. You know, the, the the other kid who I'm supposed to be debating is not going to be here tonight today because he's dead. Just as he says that, little Petri walks out and goes, hey, I'm here. What the fuck is this weirdo talking about? Sorry, I was having car trouble. Ha 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 ha. Because the whole thing he, he goes on about is how Petri's never late. The making him look crazy circle is complete at this point. Yep. He officially looks like he's off his rocker it's suggested that this whole thing was a prank set up by ted because you see ted in the audience with the sweater and going yeah. like haha so obviously ted was the shadowy figure in the yeah. woods but then billy and milo have a conversation outside of the school i think and then milo admits to doing some of the weird shit he's like dude i put the doll in your car i put the sex doll in your car i put the shrunken head in your locker and i didn't know it would make you fucking crazy i was just kind of trying to have fun well he's also said that he was kind of pissed off with him because he wasn't oh yeah he was being like a, a really like a good friend and you know in fairness like he was trying to please his family and so kind of icing milo out a little bit but you know like he had his reasons he's going through a very confused time right now so <laughs> milo is kind of a casualty of that but suffice to say milo says no man but i saw some shit yeah i, I, followed I was you. i followed you there that night and i saw ted leave the woods with petri and petri was wrapped in a uh what he's, did he say he was wrapped in a carpet or something yeah something like that which sounds very mafia but yeah basically he says Petri was dead when he or he looked dead when they took him out of there isn't that weird so something fucked up is going on yeah we don't really get an explanation for why that is either do we well later on you know we kind of the idea is that I think based on you know once we get to the end of the movie the idea is that they can kind of like regenerate their bodies so he goes back home Billy I said there's a meeting of rich white people it's like the dad the mom the sister and the therapist and, and I think the judge and the judge and and two ambulance drivers who back up to the <laughs> they... front door at right after Bill walks yeah, and in. Milo's watching him as the ambulance guys tackle Bill the therapist walks up to him and goes I hate to give you drugs you know I hate giving you drugs <laughs> yeah and he fucking gives him a shot knocks him out at the hospital everything looks normal enough there's a little kid walking down the hall with a doctor with a broken arm and shit but Milo asks the lady behind the desk she's like hey did this Billy Whitney guy William Whitney did he get brought in here and she's like no there's nobody by that name and he sees like a dead body apparently just in the middle of the hospital hallway they don't really do that that would be weird <laughs> no well who knows well the 80s. Yeah. no but but what he says to her is he says he was just brought in i know he's in here and she says well let me check and then she kind of gets up there's a computer there by the way yeah. she's checking books the computer does not enter into this at all <laughs> and then she walks past the computer to go check on some shit and then he spots this body and is like i'm gonna take a look at this and then just as he gets his hand on the fucking blanket covering the body, she goes, hey, if you need, if you want to see your friend, you might want to go to the morgue. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I just <laughs> saw him brought in here. There's no way he's dead. She says, well, he's in the fucking morgue, so. And then I'm pretty sure somebody pulls the body away, but it looks like it just kind of starts moving by itself. No, somebody pulls it away. Yeah, Some hands very okay. definitely <laughs> enter into frame and grab the cart while he's looking away from it. And Milo then goes outside. He's kind of freaking out. And then he sees Bill's Jeep there. Of yep. course, Bill's car is there. Parked right next to his car. Obviously... It was not parked there yeah. when he first arrived. So Bill's hooked up to IVs and shit. He's dreaming of all the weird shit that has happened. You can, you know, you, we hear snippets and clips from all the stuff that's been talked about. And he's sweating. 
and he's he's got he's sweating he's freaking out he's not having a good time he wakes up and he sees these shadows he, he sees the shadows and hears some people on the other side of the curtains you know how they separate the hospital room and he sees them and they're fucking doing something to somebody he hears Blanchard scream and that's what oh. wakes him up he goes Blanchard and then he hears these people talking behind the curtain and it sounds like they're talking about possibly doing something with a person who's over there and he I think assumes it's Blanchard because of the scream he heard that woke him up which you know could have been in his dream but wasn't necessarily in his dream anyways it it it's a little unclear exactly what's going on at this point but suffice to say he rips the fucking curtain down and there's nothing there nothing even though they're all these very distinct it's a good you know Guillermo del Toro moment there so he ends up getting dressed and just kind of walks out of the hospital like nothing fucking happened he pulls his IV out and shit and then he just kind of wanders out and nobody stops him but Milo is out in the parking lot and is like dude don't you get it? You're legally dead now. They are setting you up. Yeah, and he, why is he acting so weird? Like, like it seems like something... I think something broken. Yeah. This was it. This was too much. Bill's mind could go no further. I wrote down, did he snap officially? I'm going to say yes. <laughs> At least for a minute. Like, he fucking... Yeah, he's like, it's cool, man. I got to go to that party. They want me there. I got to go. And he's like, no, man. Everything is exactly as it seems. Oh, yeah. More so even. I'm not paranoid. All my fears are real. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I'm not paranoid. All my fears are real. That's a great shirt. That that, that, that should be on a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bill goes to Clarissa's house first, and she wants to be his bad little girl. That's what she says to him. She's like, "You want me to be your bad little girl?" And then he's like choking her and shit, and he's like, "You want to be? You want you want you want rough stuff or whatever?" I can't fucking remember. He basically is convinced that she's a part of it, and she's like, "Just stay with me. Just don't go home. Don't go home. Stay with me." Yeah, and he's like, "But they want me to go home. I gotta go home." Yeah. He's very he's very adamant about it. Like he start he starts off like attacking her for information, and then when she's like just stay with me please just stay with me then he's like no i don't want to stay with you like i'm getting mixed signals here billy (laughs) he's not doing an effective job of communicating here (laughs) milo ends up though getting into his car it's like a convertible so it's open and clarissa's mom is in the back seat there's one thing i wanted to mention that that we didn't mention when they're at the hospital milo is like all right man where are we going then you know like he's he's like let's let let me come with you and bill's like fuck it man i'm out of here and he just drives off and leaves milo Right. So then when he comes out of Clarissa's house, Milo is in the Jeep waiting for him and is like, where are we going, man? And he basically kicks him out of the Jeep and drives off without him again. At this point, I'm like, Milo is a really good friend for following at this point because Bill is not doing anything to induce Milo to help him and Milo is still like no you are my friend I am gonna be there for you yeah he's a nice guy I I I appreciate Milo so he hops in his car and gets grabbed from behind and it's Clarissa's mom and yeah. she likes hair and he's like you know we're gonna go you can just come with me it's fine just don't fuck with my hair right now <laughs> so then Bill gets home he hears some like he walks inside he hears some like shushing some laughing the power's out the lights won't come on very similar to his opening dream it's almost exactly like his dream and he goes into the kitchen he grabs the big butcher knife just like the chef's knife whatever it is just like the dream and he goes looking around the house mom and dad come home they walk through the door and he's like hey mom hey dad we need to talk or some shit and then the lights come on and there's a bunch of fucking weird white people there and they grab him from behind and like restrain him and meet and then there's the cop with this collar for it's the dog catcher thing criminals you know like yeah it's basically like the dog catcher thing where it's it's on the end it's a noose on the end of a pole the mayor i think or somebody i don't know who it is says one of the grossest fucking things i've ever heard he says i love the smell of the hunt and the taste of the shunt (laughs) 
Yeah, that was the mayor. <laughs> uh, and then <laughs> Billy's on the floor, and he's like, alien scum! And the psychiatrist is like, no, Bill, we're not aliens. We've been here as long as you. And he, and he has this whole thing about how we're not even the same species. We're a different race. We're a different class. Yeah, and then... So, yeah, the, the, the metaphor starts getting... <laughs> Pretty on the yeah. nose at this point. Billy doubles down on the alien thing. He says the alien scum line again. Yeah. I'm like, all right, and they just told like, you not. It's like, all right, that's you just latching on to that one, Bill. Okay. So, so we see that Milo has pulled up outside of the house and watches, you know, people go inside. There's like, it's like a fancy party. There's like people in vests fucking helping people, taking their cars and shit, I guess. And the ambulance brings in a person with a bag over their head. The ambulance shows up, pulls a guy out of the car. Or this out of the this person is clearly not there willingly. They also have the dog catcher rope around their yeah. neck. Yeah, shit's oh. about to get weird. Did Clarissa already show up? No, not yet. Okay. I think she, well, actually, I think she's there. Well, no, oh, no, no, no Clarissa, there is a, no, there is right. a whole there sequence of her she pulling up. up in what does she pull up in a Porsche? Yes, a fancy car. You're right. I didn't get that far in my notes. I'm I'm confusing myself here. It's Blanchard. Blanchard is in the fucking is under the hood. He's alive. What do you know? And they they make a big deal out of like, oh, tonight we have a double header. We're going to basically eat this guy, and then we're having our special whatever treat later. So shall we talk about the shunt? It sounds uh, I fucking mean, we gross. Ha- we have to talk about it. This is a major major thing in the movie because Mm. it is so particular to this movie it's not like it contributes in any great way to the story i mean again the metaphor is very on the nose with this because again they start off with the jewish guy and then it's going to go to the bastard low class guy who they brought into their circle specifically so they could feed on him and ted even ted even gets more on the nose with it and straight up says the rich have been sucking off the low class low-class pieces of shit like you forever this is one of the grossest fucking things i've ever seen in my life yeah this gets pretty nasty so i don't even know how to describe it like they they're they're holding poor blanchard down and they start like sucking on him and their skin like attaches to his skin yeah it's like they graft together yeah and they they just kind of meld into his skin and suddenly they've got these long flesh trunks that are stretching (laughs) off of their face down and sucking on his body and he is clearly not enjoying this this is not a pleasurable experience for him There, there's there's a there's a there's an underneath shot where someone is massaging his ass and then suddenly oh, and then, their fingers sink oh God. into it and become one with it, which is a great effect, by the way. It is the grossest. It's I, so nasty. This is the part of the movie where I spend just the rest of the movie going like, ew, what the fuck? <laughs> and ah. they and they all start secreting this. It, again, to me, it looked like congealed chicken soup. It's like slug shit. Chick- congealed chicken broth is okay. what it looked. Not soup, yeah. broth. Congealed chicken broth. And yeah, it's basically their version of slug slime that they they all start excreting all over them. And they're licking it. And oh God. And everybody is gathered around poor Blanchard. And the ones who aren't straight sucking on him are like just like rubbing on reveling him in the moment. <laughs> And yeah, like touching him and oh, it's so fucking grody and it gets grodier. Like it, it, they don't just like if it stopped there, that would be gross. It doesn't. But it does not stop no. there. They start transforming him and they start becoming this flesh monstrosity that, that I wrote down. It basically, 
ends up looking like the director went to Screaming Mad George and was like, hey, George, have you seen John Carpenter's The Thing? You know that thing that they bring back from the Norwegian base? Can we make an orgy of those all fucking each other? And that's what it looks like. And then the parents, they call, they're like, come on, Jenny, we have like something. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. They decide, they decide that they're going to wait for the second course. Yeah. And they go off into the bedroom. But not before, not before Jenny does that weird thing where she's like, she basically, I think, does she say like goodbye Blanchard or like see you later? And she licks his cheek real quick. Yeah. Yeah. She just flicks her tongue up his cheek and he's, and he's covered in this slime and shit now. Oh, it's so gross. It's so fucking gross. And we'll it's come, really good. The effect is good. We'll come back to it here in a minute. But outside, Milo and Clarissa's mom are like sneaking around. They're trying to find a way in, trying to figure out what's going on. They get caught by one of those cops. That no, cop. it's the cop. It's that cop. <laughs> and Milo's like, Mrs. Whatever you fuck your name is, hair. And so she just <laughs> assaults the cop and tackles him into the bushes. And then Milo pops up with the cop's uh, hat and jacket. And it turns out the cop had a wig on the whole time time yep she pulled his hair off and it was a hair piece like francis from goonies the end of the shunting we we cut back i needed a break from thinking about it for a second <laughs> the mayor shows up and everybody says this isn't the end of the shunting. well this, this is... is the end of the beginning of the <laughs> shunting. yeah 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 everybody says oh he's good and pliable now or whatever the fuck that line was yeah they they say they say that he's pliable and then the mayor walks up to him with a cigar in his mouth i hate i hate dudes with cigars anyways it's <laughs> It's fucking weird. He like gets real close to him and, st- and then he like bites off a piece of his f- head, his ear or something. No, no. He goes around and, and chews on his hair. Is that, was that all it is? he rips out a mouthful of hair. And then he just like moves it around in his mouth and pulls it out. Yeah. Just like the mom. And then he, go- he lifts up his fist into frame and goes, <laughs> now let's get to the bottom oh. of this. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> and then he, pulls that arm back go ahead go ahead you 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 describe this one it is yeah give, give and we cut details. to a shot of blanchard's crotch with just this little medical skirt that he came in with draped over the dick and balls and suddenly the mayor's fist just sham just jams in there like not subtle not easy go no he fucking rocket fists this dude Ugh. all the way in and this bulge starts in Blanchard's stomach and he's screaming and you can just see it crawling (laughs) up into his chest up his neck and then suddenly it cut and and they've obvious obviously now Blanchard is just an effect as the judge the judge's fingers and hands start coming out of his mouth and just reaching up into the air oh my god it is so and this is not the climax no no there's still there's still like 15 minutes more of movie left (laughs) um so clarissa shows up at this point and she ends up letting she showed up before milo left the car she's uh she's apparently in love with billy is what i'm writing so she tries letting him go but he gets caught immediately like you could have like snuck him out you could have done something yeah she just she um well ted is like down gloating over him and he's like watch what happens to blanchard billy because you're next i told you we don't lose oh no that that's right that comes back later and then that tongue effect oh yeah with this ridiculous gene simmons tongue flops out of ted's mouth and he just rubs it up billy's face 
and uh, Gross. it looks absolutely ridiculous. For how good a lot of the effects in this movie are, every once in a while there's just a really shitty one. Still fucking disgusting. <laughs> no, it it's just it's yucky. totally gross. Because I'm still you're you're still reeling from all the shit you just saw a minute ago. Yeah. Well, ah. Yeah. It's uh, it's still totally gross. Anyway, then Ted kind of walks over to take part in the flesh orgy. Apparently, he thinks Clarissa is still on their side, which she is not. She is firmly on Billy's side at this point, and she undoes the the dog catcher noose and lets him go and is like run and he jumps up him and immediately runs for the door and gets grabbed by the whole crowd of the others the society and thrown back into the circle and then he decides he's just gonna run upstairs instead and apparently nobody thinks that's a problem the therapist chases him yeah the therapist does chase him but nobody else does which no. is a little odd the therapist has the th- has the thing to the collar thing well he's- no the thing it, no, it, he doesn't start out with that. He's videotaping what the judge is doing to Blanchard, oh, yeah. and he's laughing his ass off. He's laughing so hard that his face has turned into Jack Nicholson's from Batman. <laughs> yep. That's when he, he starts chasing him, though. And The problem is, is they go upstairs, and the lighting changes upstairs. The lighting is different on the upstairs landing from what it is down in the living room where they're doing most of the shots, and his makeup is made for that lighting. <laughs> and now that he's upstairs, the makeup portion of his face is a complete completely different hue from the rest of his skin they had to shoot it quick it looks like it looks like they put clay on his face is what it looks like in that light so that one gets a little rough (laughs) i kind of feel bad for him because it's it's a good looking effect when the lighting is right this is where the therapist's head turns into a hand also (laughs) yeah um Billy is like trying to get through the doors and one of them is locked so they, like, they kind of have a back and forth and they do a little fighting and then he goes over to the other one and that's when the therapist is like, hey, Billy, let me give you a hand and then it cuts back <laughs> and his head has transformed into this giant hand doing a sort of like almost Ronnie James Dio devil horns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, A little, a little. And then his other hand reaches out in the exact same pose, like, sh- but it shoots out like Mr. Fantastic 10 feet from his body. And then Billy just fucking dodges into the room and things don't get better from there. From no. Uh, so he goes into his parents' room, I assume is the room he's in. And mom yeah. is just laying there, but something's weird about her. She has, <laughs> she has arms for legs. And no arms for arms. Yeah, so she stands up, and it's a really weird-looking prosthetic effect. The face isn't even close. No. (laughs) But for a creature effect, it's very inventive, and I like it. She starts walking towards him, because he's fallen on the ground at this point. He's like, whoa, what the fuck? And And she straddles him. Yeah, she straddles him, and then, guess what? Jenny's head pops up. You know that thing? You know that punching game? Like the the, the, the speed bag at the arcades where you punch (laughs) it to... It kind of drops down. Her head drops down from from where the butt would be yeah it looks like she's crawling out of her mom's vag is what Uh, it looks like yeah she says if you have any edible fantasies oh now's the time okay hi billy wouldn't have been as bad that that makes it all worse (laughs) and then off to the side on the bed there's dad and he's like well no it's not dad at first it just looks like legs and an ass underneath the sheets and it sort of shuffles its way out of the sheets. And then it's dad. There's, and it, and he's a and he's like, "Look, Billy, you were right. I'm a butthead." And his face is right where the asshole would be. And then he goes, "Hey." And as Billy's like trying to run out of the room, he's like, "Hey, Billy." <laughs> and I got to admit, I laughed because I'm a fucking child and that was kind of funny. That is the point where all horror has dissipated. <laughs> like they've taken 
all of the tension of that prior scene. <laughs> just a little. Just a little. And just completely dissipated that tension like it's it, it now it's a full-on comedy i'm still scared like i'll i i won't be well, right again well we're gonna go back downstairs and now it's in full the thing orgy mode uh yeah so yeah he goes back downstairs and i don't even know what's fucking happening at this point because there's just so much weird shit going on the judge has completely absorbed himself Ugh. into blanchard's body the hand is still shooting out of Blanchard's mouth, but Blanchard's face is completely distended. He's clearly not alive anymore. Somebody pours wine down the mouth <laughs> alongside the judge's arm. The judge's arm is shooting off of the mass of flesh he has become, which now has a giant pig's nose on it. He's still smoking his cigar. Uh, yeah, which makes it even fucking grosser for some reason. And there are like five different cloud mutant thing bodies both <laughs> hovering above and writhing alongside the mass of flesh that is blanchard which now has what looks like a colostomy bag <laughs> that is the judge so it's it's the stuff of nightmares for sure. In the midst of that whole thing, uh, Ted is fucking with Clarissa, right? Billy's gonna fight Ted. I know that the the judge kind of like emerges from this fucking Blanchard cocoon sack. Yeah, the whole conglomeration sort of wraps up. They're like, okay, first course done. And they all kind of like stagger up out of this mess back into their human forms. And they're all just saturated in this slime. And they're all like, like the kind of woozy you get after a night of a really hard fucking <laughs> and you can't quite walk right anymore. Well, okay, as a middle-aged man specifically, like your back is stiff and your knees are weak and you can't quite stand up straight anymore and your arms are wobbly. That's what yeah. they all look like now. They all look like they just got done with a night of hard fucking and uh, and they're all and and not a one of them is below middle age. Yeah, even the mayor. He or yeah, the judge. The judge. I keep on calling, calling the mayor. He he stands up, cigar in his mouth. And he's like, I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> yeah. And at that point, Billy challenges Ted to a one on one. And then the mayor gets all mayor again. Fuck. The judge gets all into it. And he's like announcing. He's like Ted here from wherever. wherever. Ted the tycoon. Yeah. Whatever the fuck his last name is. And then Billy, this little shithead from pretty much nowhere. <laughs> the broke bastard. That's not what he says, but something like that. And surprise, surprise, Ted kicks Billy's ass. Oh, Ted, like, doesn't even break a sweat doing it. Like, every time Billy jumps him, Ted just immediately, wow! And Billy goes down. And then eventually Milo, like Milo goes in there and he's, like, watching him. Like, Milo's yeah. still undercover as the cop at this yeah. point. He does get found out right before the fight ends, though. I don't, I don't know if anything actually happens to him. Because... No, it's because, he, it's because he shouts, Billy, Billy, and then people discover that he's actually on Bill's side, and that's obviously not society. What a dumbass. Billy, Billy's kind of out, and... Ted like starts kissing him. I mean, we know he's not kissing him. He's like starting to, he's starting the next shunting process. Right. But then. Oh, because the judge even announces him as the master of the hunt and the conqueror of the shunt. <laughs> oh, it sounds so much grosser <laughs> than that word actually should. But it's probably only because I've seen this movie. Bill gets the bright idea to go ass to mouth on him. That's what I said. <laughs> Suffice to say, something wells up inside Bill, and he grabs Ted's arm and it and just twists it, and it rubberizes. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know how the fuck that happened. Well, it, and it's just as Ted is about to like jam his fist into Bill's gut, but Bill grabs it as he throws it and and gives it a 
twist and it just oh that's probably what it is he's all he's all ready for the thing and yeah yeah. and then that like throws ted off his game and he kind of falls back and is like with his big old long weird (laughs) fucking dr seuss mouth sticking out and then then bill's like yeah (laughs) this this might be the greatest coup de gras in the history of cinema so remember what happened to blanchard with the with the judge and him shoving his fist up his ass well that's what billy does to ted and his fucking hand goes out of his mouth and his eyes and it like pops out his eyeballs and yeah, shit. like his thumb comes out his mouth and his fingers ninja turtle style <laughs> two out of each eye and he fucking grabs ted's face and i think ted starts like garbled murmuring no 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 <laughs> and he fucking pulls him inside out through the asshole literally inside out and then somewhere some off, somebody off screen goes what do they say don't touch him until he like until he yeah until he like congeals until oh, he congeals. congeals there you go congeals <laughs> so yeah the fight's over i guess <laughs> oh and and ted was full of worms and shit because yeah. that's what they're eating like that's their that's like their hors d'oeuvres at this party is worms and slugs that kind of gives the call back to the parents celebrating yep. the slug harvest earlier on it was a good slug harvest this is the best one they've ever had so at that point nobody wants to fuck with ted or with billy all of a sudden yeah yeah no shit he knows he knows their secret and so billy and milo and clarissa all escape together and all i could think is like so clarissa's one of them does that mean that her diet consists entirely of these fucking worms and slugs and shit? Well, because that would make me reticent to make out with her. Well, I'll, I'll I'll tell you my theory about that here in a minute. Okay. Uh, just as they're about to leave, Billy's dad gets in front of him. He's he, I don't know what he fucking says. Either way, Billy punches him in the face. That guy goes down easy. I don't know what the fuck his problem is. <laughs> he's not master of the shunt or conqueror <laughs> of the shunt. Excuse and, me. And just as he's about to walk out the door, he calls his dad a butthead again, and then he leaves. The three of them make it out okay. And my theory is that. If there was a sequel, she'd only she'd only do shunting to bad people. Oh, okay. Because she's a good person. Okay, so she's gone. She's gone rogue. Yeah. All right. She's like the Robin Hood of sh- of the shunt. Yeah, they just fucking drive off. That's it. That's they just it. Get in the jeep. Credits and, and nothing else. Ga- no, no. Then it cuts to the judge and the psychiatrist, oh, yeah. and the judge looks down at Ted's inside out body. And earlier on, he had said to Ted that he had an internship in Washington D.C. Oh, yeah. for him. <laughs> And he looks over at he looks over at the psychiatrist and goes psychiatrist and goes you know I think I may have an opening in Washington this summer. The end. So that's the end. So <laughs> nothing gets resolved. Nope. But the lead and his friends survive. They do escape, but society is still fully intact. Oh yeah. With the exception of Ted. That's it. Ted got his. Everybody else came out the other side. Winners. So, guys, hey, we need a sequel, man. I mean, in fairness, that's exactly how this movie would end. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. You can't take them all down. I'm I'm shocked Ted got his at all. Like, where's the, where's the metaphor in that? It, there isn't one. If you fist somebody hard enough, you can kill them, <laughs> I guess. I, I think the metaphor is that even in conquering society, the best you can do is take out a peon. <laughs> Fair enough. Final thoughts on on society so we can move on and never talk about this again. This is a movie (laughs) I have to watch other people watch. My brothers are coming over tonight to hang out and I kind of want to spring it on them. Yeah, what? Like, this is fucking boring. What the hell is it? What? what, (laughs) (laughs) Just not give them anything. Not give them even the slightest indication of what it is. Just be like, you know, this is kind of a good psychological uh, horror movie that I saw. Nope, that, that's the only reason to watch this movie. Is I, I told Rachel I was going to show her the shunting scene at least. Rachel, this is not her 
wheelhouse at all. No, man. it's not. That's why I want to watch her watch oh, it. Oh, dude. I'll show it to the kids. Ooh, I'll show it to the kids. No, I'm not going to do that. I would bring That's... it on them early. I'd... Nope. I'm not doing that. I'd I'm... wait until they're seasoned horror veterans this for is, this one. Cause... This is a movie that I'll be like, oh, you're having a slumber party tonight, huh? <laughs> <laughs> this is a good movie. It's kind of, it's, it's pretty scary. It's got some scares. There's some no. gross out gags at the no, end, but it'll no. be fun. You know what you do. You know what you do. Because you want to... <laughs> This is how you want to approach this one, I'm telling you. What you do is you take it out, you flip the cover, like I said, right? To the to the To make it look like the, a normal 80s horror it, movie. Exactly. <laughs> and you show and you show it to him and you say, Listen, I don't mind if you watch any of my movies except this one. I don't <laughs> want you watching this one. It's too scary for you. And then just let them discover it on their own. No, you know what? The fucked up part is they actually listen to me because I have told them that a few times about, <laughs> about movies that I legitimately don't want them to watch. And they listen. They know. Because I'm like, I don't I don't actually want you. If, if I think it's too scary, I want you to keep liking these movies. So I don't want to fucking, I don't want to ruin it for yeah. you. You know why? Because they're eight years old. They're not. Okay, they're nine years old. In about three or four years, they're going to go through that phase oh. where they're going to go, what's he hiding? <laughs> And then they're going to start watching all the shit you told them they can't watch. Well, then I won't give a shit. They'll be yeah. they'll be old enough. and No, and that's the perfect it. age to discover that shit. And that's why you throw that in there and you say, look, I don't want you watching it. And that way they can come into that and discover it when they're in that testing the boundaries phase, <laughs> which is the perfect place for this movie, is in the testing the boundaries phase. Because this will test your fucking boundaries. Or, you know, maybe, maybe somebody's at the slumber party that you don't ever want to talk to again. <laughs> that's an option too. No, that's when you break it out knowing what's in it yeah that's true it's like hey you guys want to watch society and then a double feature with cannibal holocaust how about that that's fine right <laughs> cannibal holocaust is, is this it's like the first found footage horror movie it's like the blair witch project only with like people eating people you like cloverfield right <laughs> yeah you, you like cannibal cloverfield holocaust. right they're the same it's fine <laughs> that's a one-to-one comparison <laughs> i'm like the camera does the same thing sort of i enjoyed this movie yeah but i definitely see this as something that i'm going to be watching with other people probably not by myself again this movie's fucked up and i will probably never actually watch it again unless somebody... i'm definitely watching this with somebody this is this is a vetting this is a girlfriend vetting movie oh good lord <laughs> You mean if she really likes it, she's not gonna be around for much longer because there's something fucking wrong with her. Um, I guess this is one of those where I'd want to see. Like, I definitely want to. I, I want to meet the girl who likes this and see what it's like to date that girl. Oh my! But she might be too much for me. <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a very good chance she's too much for me. This is a good movie to watch once. It's an experience. This is a ride. This is a roller coaster ride, and it's worth. It's worth getting on just to test your limits if that's your thing. If it's yeah. not, hey, you've been warned. We fucking warned you. Yeah, go after it. Try it. I I, I, I suggest that everybody try every movie that we've ever covered because you never know. Hey, if you're a fan of the show, then you obviously have tastes that are at least similar to ours. So, yeah, why not? You can turn it off if yeah. it gets... These guys talk about far. Warriors of Virtue and society? What kind of <laughs> fucking weird guys are these? We're actually weird guys that are separate enough in age just enough to have those kind of weird things going on. It's a good dynamic we have, I think. If I do say so myself. It is. I do. The dynamic is about to end for the day, though. I think we're done. I need to never think about this movie ever again. I know even for though a fact we're done. Let's fucking move on. <laughs> it's it's going to live in my head rent-free for the rest of my goddamn life. But yes. that's okay. Because you know what? Fuck it. That's society. We're done. 
with society. Follow us on social media on everything at the Shark Pod. If you want to give us money to support the fact that we do this weird shit for you guys, yeah, it's clearly for you because. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can come to our Patreon, where we also have more episodes, where we have 2021 the 13th, and now 2022, A Year in the Asylum, where we are talking about all those shitty asylum mockbusters. This month, it'll be those one... delightful shitty asylum mockbusters. Oh, by the time this comes out, we'll have our third one out, which will be Nazi Overlord, and I don't know what we're doing next, because I haven't decided yet, so... Yep, that one's on you, bub. You can come and hear us talk about that bullshit on Patreon at patreon.com slash sharksacrosshollywood. In a couple weeks, I do know what we're doing for the main the, the, the main show, the not-Patreon shit. We're talking about Cloverfield, because apparently it's Matt Reeves' birthday. Yes, it is. It's gonna be some fun. We're a little late on the Matt Reeves' wagon, bandwagon. Matt Reeves something or other because he did just direct the Batman which has come out at some point prior to this and which I thoroughly enjoyed and I've seen it it's three hours just be prepared and it was pretty fucking good and I want to watch it again but I don't want to sit in a theater for another three hours but I recommend it anyways we'll be back next time with Cloverfield why'd I say that's so weird because I'm tired and I'm ready to go to bed <laughs> <laughs> anyways until then stay jawsome